Wow, wow. It's great to be here. Hi, everybody. Would you say that to your seatmate, Malayan seatmate? No, see if you can flash a very tangible smile at each one. Correct, everyone? With your eyes. I'm trying to do that with you as well. You can see why I smile. I'm Carlos Santos. It's such my pleasure and privilege to be trusted by Pastor Ariel in the church to be here to give you God's message today. I'm kind of giddy. Tutulang kanina lang sa worship, I had to come out because naiyak ako dun sa kinakanta ni Alexi. What a grabe. So I, I, you know, blew my nose and all. I didn't want you to think I had COVID or anything. I had my swab test. So I'm here. And I believe every single one of us, are you ready? You ought to be giddy. Because every time is a chance to hear from God. And what is God going to tell us today? Well, we're going into a whole new series. I'm sure hindi po natin iiwanan yung abide. Did you love the abide series? I loved hearing Pastor Ariel talk about being in the vine. And we're going to continue to be in the word of God, in the, in the life of God through the vine. But we're going to dig a little bit deeper, not leave that picture of the vine later for, for his message today. But we're going to be talking about this series called Stable and Sure. Yeah, heavy words, a new series, Stable and Sure. When we talk about Stable and Sure, we're talking about building things. You get that picture right away, right? Building things. Is that a steady uh, edifice? Is that a steady building? Will it last? Like we're thinking about the pyramids, we're thinking about the Eiffel Tower, all these things. Well, there's one, you know, there's this building called the Burj Khalif. You know that, right? It is what? It is the highest building right now, the tallest building. It's around 160 stories. Did you know that to dig that high, you have to dig also almost as deep? That 160-story building is also 164 feet deep in foundation. And you all know that the, the, the strength of the tower of the building rests on its what? Foundation. That's what the cornerstone is. We'll be talking about this series, Jesus as the Cornerstone. Can you say that with me? Cornerstone. Chat that in the box. Everybody who's watching right now, cornerstone. It's not just the foundation that we're going to be talking about, but you know the four corners of the house, naturally. There are those those four corners in the house. And when you take those bits out, you know what happens? Babagsak. No matter how tall your tower is, how tall that building, how strong you think it is, when you take out the most crucial parts, that's why it's not just with buildings, but with movements. Did you know that when we built our Every Nation building in uh, BGC, in the groundbreaking ceremony, we made sure that the foundations for the movement we were building right. Okay, Pastor Steve Morell came, and on the foundation stone, while the cement was still wet, he wrote an inscription. And you know what he wrote? He wrote Matthew 18. No, sorry, Matthew 28, rather, verse 18. And you all know that classic verse, right? You can recite it with me, Tamaba. Can I recite it with you? Matthew 20. That's okay. This is not a test. That's not a test. You see, when you remember it, he said that all authority, where? Under heaven and earth, has been given to who? Jesus Christ. Therefore, go and make this. Again, again. Go and make disciples of every nation, teaching them to do everything I've commanded them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the great promise, if when you do this, what did he say? I will be with you. Can you feel him right now beside you in your homes? Oh, Lord, sarap. Not someday, but now till the end of the age. That's why we are a discipleship movement. That's our foundation, what Jesus Christ, his authority, what he said. Tayuba, and everybody watching there, what do you think when you see the words stable and sure? Think about that right now. 
Those of you watching online, why don't you chat that in the box right now? Just say a comment. What do you think about stable and sure? Hindi ko saan yung mga kabayo, ah. Hindi ganun stable na yun, ah. Stable. What are you thinking? Some of you are thinking tower. Some of you are thinking uh, stable job. Stable direction in life. Steady relationship. Post-Valentine. You know what my son said when he said about, talked about stable? I'm thinking about something, sabi niya, something, galing sabi niya, consistent. Something that doesn't change. Ang sabi niya, unlike you, daddy. Sabi niya, minsan, you're okay. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're happy. Biglang galit ka. So, sabi ko naman, wow, ako naman, wala ka say, amen. <laughs> wow. Amazing. The things that kids come out from the mouth of babes. What are you thinking when you say stable and sure? I know what you're not thinking. You're probably not thinking, well, you know what, nowadays, parang the oil prices are not stable and sure. <laughs> you know, we're in the middle of what? What's going on? We're in the middle of campaigning for elections. And you know what? The investors are probably thinking, we're probably not so stable and sure. That's how you can tell when gas prices go up, right? Because investors are thinking, parang hindi yata steady dito ah. And so, those things, not nowadays. And you're thinking, maybe the pandemic, right? As, as cases skyrocketed, and then they, skyro- they plunged right down again of, of COVID cases, you know, that feeling of nasanay na We've been so used to a long years of the lockdown that when it seems like it's starting to end, some, who of you believe it's going to end now? It's going to end in this year. Do you think it's going to end this year? In Jesus' name. Ayun yata. Gusto niyo ba mag-end yung pandemic? Yes, in Jesus' name. But can we be sure? We, I've gotten so used to you and realized, have you felt like me? I've realized I was a little bit hopeless now by the end. And when it seemed like things were ending, really, Lord, is it finally going to end? Nothing seems stable and sure. So I'm going to ask you now, is Jesus Christ be the cornerstone? Like we said, that sure, important piece of our lives, not just any building, Him being the cornerstone of our lives, can we rely on Him? Is He for us stable and sure? Are we trusting Him with everything that that we have, that we've got? Is He the prophet? Let me show you a picture of a cornerstone. Just so that, that it's not the foundation, but when we talk about building a place, yes, we talk about foundations, and this is an important part as well, that cornerstone where you start building all the other sides of the house. Do our lives start with Him? And do our lives come back to Him as our cornerstone? Because if you're thinking, I don't know, sometimes I go through stuff and I'm wondering, why did God make me go through that? Is He really steady, solid, strong, stable, and sure? You know what? The Pharisees were asking Him that. That's the context of the verse we're going to read right now as you go to the book of Mark. Start to go there online. Get your Bibles right now and start to go to the book of Mark. The context of that is that the Pharisees had been attacking Jesus Christ. They'd been going to him and trying to trap him. You remember that, that big test, diba? Parang lawyer case yung, do we really need to pay taxes? Do we really need to pay taxes to Caesar? And then he produced that coin and says, whatever is Caesar's, you give to Caesar. Whatever is the Lord's, give to the Lord's. Yeah, you remember that, yeah? Those trials, the Sadducees talked about the resurrection. So they even went directly to him and who said, who do you think you are? Oh, that's what the Pharisees, these religious leaders, these people had been going to the temple. 
They'd be going to their church and they were going, who do you think you are? By what authority do you do these things, these miracles? It was for them, nanga, these miracles and signs and wonders that God was doing. And then they questioned him. They attacked his authority. And I ask, I ask you all to stand and give reverence to the word of God with me. As we turn to Mark chapter 12, perhaps we'll feel the Holy Spirit right now steadying us and ensuring us as we open up to Him and ask, Holy Spirit, please speak to us even as we read your word. Open our hearts to how solid the cornerstone of Jesus Christ is. Let's read that. And this is what Jesus said to all those who are attacking Him. Verse 1. And He began to speak to them in parables. I said to, I promised my son I'd say this. He said once to me, Daddy, is there a a parable that Jesus said about bugs? And then he said, yes, there is. What is it? It's the parable of the ten ants. Ah, yung joke na matayon. Sorry. Because this is the parable of the ten ants. And this is the parable of Jesus Christ. He said, a man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it. He dug a pit for the wine press and he even built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. What did the master do next? Then he sent another, and him they killed. Wow. And so with many others, they kept coming. Some they beat, some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, they will respect my son. Why don't you read this along with me? But those tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. Wow. This is the word of the Lord. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Lord, bless the preaching of your word. Whatever you say to us, give us the grace to receive it, hold on to it, and live it out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We say, amen, amen. Would you say to your seatmate, shoot eyes, tell them, get ready. Tell them, get ready. Yana. Lord is speaking. Yes, we can trust the Lord. Yes, we'll be giving our whole lives to Him. But before we do that, there are just some things like the Pharisees during that time, that we need to get settled in our hearts. We need to be sold out with this. And one of the things, just two things that that parable is telling us before God is giving us a question, is the first one is, God is the master. Who are we? We're tenants. Now, we're not the tenants in the parable. He was talking to the Pharisees, okay? The parable is a metaphor for the Israel nation. church. But to take that principle of what he's telling to, to, his, to the Pharisees then, to the Israelites, 
Let's go to the first verse. He began to speak to them in parables, and this is how he started. So a man planted a vineyard. He did everything. He put a fence around it to protect us, dug, the, you know, dug deep to have a great tower, and then finally he gave that whole thing. He leased it. He rented it out to tenants and went into another country. That's usually the culture of what goes on among the Jews when it comes to land like that. So let's compare. These are tenants. Let's compare tenants, because in the parable there were servants. Let's compare tenants to servants. And get this, okay? So talk about, talking about servants. When the Bible says servants, they're usually referring to bond servants. And bond servants, you know what? Let me just give it to you straight. They're practically slaves. They have to do everything that the master tells them to do. Madalas sinasabi ni Pastor Sunny, remember, madalas sinasabi, abang lingkod lang ako, abang lingkod. Maybe you see the ushers here, and they're so polite and gentle. Everything, whatever you need, come on, I'll lead you to where that is. Ganun yung mga servants. For the whole day. In fact, Jesus says in another message about servants who don't care whether, they don't need to say thank you to them, they don't need to take care, they're just doing their duty. Ganun yung servant. And you know what? Not, none of the, no, no, no people nowadays would love to be that. Nobody would like to be a slave. Can I see raise of hand? Who wants to be a slave? Because nowadays, what we see the picture servant and slave, we think horrific things, which is the reality of today. We think of our, our, our brothers and sisters in other countries that are, are taken, kidnapped, and sold into slavery. We think about uh, sex traffickers, you know, the, the things, are, the abuses that happen to people, the oppression that happened. We think of those things when we think of slaves. But we need to think about their time. You know what? In their time, Jewish slaves prefer slavery, servanthood, to poverty. In fact, most of the Jewish masters are commanded to take care of their slaves. And because of Deuteronomy 15, the law tells them after six years of duty, that slave ought to be freed. Lahat ng slaves are freed. Parang six years ka nagtrabaho. Exclusive, steady, and then you're freed from it after six years. And after that, they, you can't just let them go. You need to give them a portion of your wealth. Aba! In fact, the reality of their time was that slaves lived more prosperous lives than free men. When they're freed, they end up with all this possession. Now, who wants to be a slave at their time? I didn't know what I did that time ago. Slaves were different during their time. But tenants, say that with me, tenants, tenants had a level of trust. The land was given to them at iniwan sila. So they have their own choices. They can make their own choices. They can have their own time, their own, you know, sometimes their own stuff. That was tenants. But the problem in the story, as we go to the next verses, you'll find out, that sometimes they get the tendency to feel entitled. That even though this land was just given to me to take care of, to raise, and it's not mine, they start to feel that they have the right to own it, which you'll see later on, the extremity of that. You know? But when it comes to God, let's take now, what principle can we get for that from now? Because he's talking about the Jews and their nation. The vineyard was a metaphor for the nation of Israel. But what principle can we get from that? Nowadays, you know, when I'm reading this, I feel like, you know, sometimes I feel entitled too. is our right. Our right to do And that's not bad. But I want to give you this. 
more than being entitled, when it comes to God as our master, more than being entitled, we are entrusted. Okay, let me say it again. More than being entitled, when it comes to God as our master, we are entrusted. I want to be careful with this. Yes, there are rights that everyone should have. And there are inalienable rights. We are all to be treated with dignity and respect because we're all, every single one of us, not just the people here in church, everyone is made in the image of God. Tama? So everyone ought to be treated with dignity and respect. And there are some oppressions that we need to speak out, some crimes. Let me be very clear with this. If you are being abused at home, you need to get out of that situation. That is a crime. Some people need to be incarcerated and some things need to be stopped. Some abuses need to be stopped. How do we know that we're feeling entitled rather than entrusted? Because sometimes, yes, after the deed is done and the abuses have been arrested and the oppressors have been incarcerated, we still feel the anger. We still feel the weight of bitterness. And it's maybe not as something as horrific as abuse or oppression. Maybe it's just something as at your homes, you've been feeling isolated and, and depressed and insecure, and we start to take it out, like me, on the people who are closest to us. But we're not entitled to do that. We're entrusted. And though, yes, we need to speak out and we need to exercise right, we need to be careful of our sense of entitlement. That we felt to feel that we deserved to be listened, we deserved to be acknowledged, we deserved the ako yung masunod. And when the deed is done, nasunod nga tayo, there's still that, hindi natatapos yung energy and yung galit and you know. Ika nga sa Star Wars, di ba? Careful with entitlement. Entitlement leads to pride. And pride leads to the dark side. Ay, sorry. Mga Star Wars, siguro nun, mga kapanahunan ko. But, I myself am soberly reflecting this. When do I feel entitled more than entrusted? Because like the tenants, I think I need to get the next point. Going back to that parable, talking about to the Pharisees na kinakausap ni Jesus. I need to get the next point. And which is this, that the parable says, God is the one who deserves all. Right? He was the one who built everything to the, for the tenants. He's given us everything. And what God desires is fruit. Let's unpack that a little bit. Okay? You know that God deserves all, right? Tamaba? Yes, God deserves it all. He made it all. John 1 1 tells that. In the beginning was the word. There was nothing that was made that was not made with the word of God. Can you do that right now? Look around. Look around you right now. These lights, these pillars, the stage, the stage that I'm on, I'm really careful to really be careful with the word of God because He made this. He created the social media platform that I, I need to know that this is His. The influence that we have, the jobs that we have, the families that we have, the house, all the possessions that we have, none of, none of those was made from us. We didn't earn those things. God made them and He blessed them, us with it. Tama ba? He deserves it all. Say amen. Yes, you know that. Great. But let's see what the tenants reacted, how the tenants were acting. He deserves it all, but the master just asked for fruit. And in verse 2, when the seasons came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get them some of the fruit of the vineyard. What they do? They took him and beat him and sent him empty-handed. The other one that came next, binatukan sa ulo. If you know that in the Jewish culture, that is so shameful for a person na binatukan sa ulo. And yet, tayo, sanay na rin ako. Huwag natin pag-usapan yun. Oh yes, that happens to us. 
And it's happened to them, and it's such a, a, a shame to be treated that way. But look what has happened to the other one, the, the third one. The third one, they killed. And you'd think the master would say, Tama na! No, he kept sending servant after servant, some more beaten, some more shamed, some more killed. Hanggang naubusan na siya. That was what the next verse was saying. Wala na. All of them were killed. You know, once again, reflecting upon this for myself. Lord, you really want fruit from me, you know? Once more, a clarification. We're still in the parable and he's talking to the Pharisees and the Israelites. But just thinking about what he wants. He really wants fruit. And I've been thinking about the past two years. You know, Galatians 5, right? If you can, maybe you know that also. Okay, maybe you remember. He gives us, he wants the fruit of what? Love. What else? Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Gentleness. Goodness. Faithfulness. What's the last one? Self-control. I definitely did not have much of self-control the past two years. When I felt like getting angry, I would get angry. When I felt like getting really sulking, I would get it. I would feel, I think at that time, those times I felt entitled. But he wants us to bear that fruit. As a husband, more than entitled, I'm entrusted to bearing fruit to my wife. Husbands, any husbands here? Yeah, happily. Yes! Husbands, where are you? Where are you? Could you raise your hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy husbands. Okay. Yeah, yes. Oh, man. We're entrusted to bear fruit for our wives, no? To give them joy, peace. Kahit sinisigawan tayo, yes. We're entrusted. We're not entitled, you know, to, to make sure they, they, they would submit to us. We're entrusted with the love, dignity, and joy of my wife. That's me. I'll just speak na lang to myself. As a father, I'm entrusted with raising my child, not exasperating him. Minsan, mga anak natin, sarap kulitin, no? Kahit mga kapatid natin, we just want to joke them and prank them, and you know, and we, it, that's exasperation. And sometimes my humor, you know what my, my son told to me? You know, Daddy, your humor is not my humor anymore. Kainis ka na. Ganon. ka na, 12? Hindi, 8 lang siya. What? You know, but I'm not entitled. I'm entrusted to take care of him and not exasperate him, not annoy him. Raise him in, uh, raising him up, knowing, knowing Jesus Christ, knowing God, knowing th- to love God, and knowing that he's loved by God. I'm entrusted with that. I'm entrusted with my work, work that is meaningful and helpful to others. We're entrusted with this world that is so beautiful but in so need of being protected and taken care of. We're entrusted. He wants so much fruit. How much does he want this fruit? Well, enough to have all of his servants beaten and killed. And in another confrontation with Jesus, Jesus remarked, I think it was in Luke chapter 11. Just write that on your notes. It's not there on the slide. Luke chapter 11, verse 46 to 48. Jesus would literally refer to the to the, the Jewish nation killing all the servants of God. You know who they were? The prophets. Again and again, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. You know, the, the, these prophets would come. People like Daniel, he was exiled. But the other prophets who were sent to the Israel, to the nation of Israel, prophesying what God wanted them, prepare, repent, turn your, back, turn your hearts back to God, and they would be abused. 
they would be beaten, they would be shamed. And Jesus said, that's what you did to the servants of the Lord. God would send his prophets, his servants. That's how much he desires. And this is really what the fruit is about in this parable. He wants the fruit of his people. He wanted the fruit of my children, my, these, this Jewish nation, this Israelite nation. I want it to be mine. And I want to send na- servant after servant after servant, turn to me. And what happens? They turn their backs on him. The fruit that he wants is his people. He, and look at how he pursues them. In fact, there's another, there was a prophecy by Isaiah. It was Isaiah chapter 5. Once again, just go back to there. Assignment in the lang. Isaiah chapter 5. You know, it's like, a, like he likened it to him being a vineyard. I took care of my vineyard. I, I, I did everything. I put a hedge of protection. I built it. And what happened? It, it, it bore wild grapes. And I'm sure you remember our Isaiah series, right? You remember our Isaiah series, right? You can always click back and watch them again. But he was saying, they turned their backs on me. Ayaw nila, wild sila. What do I do with this vineyard? That's what Jesus was kind of referring to, that picture of looking for fruit and not getting it. Tayo ba? Have you ever pursued someone Gave everything for them. Gave everything to them. And you were rejected completely. Sinaksak ka sa puso. Ginalagalaw pa yung, yung, yung kutsilyo. Dinurog yung puso. Kaluluwa. Tinapaktapakan. Sorry, tama na siguro. Iba sa atin parang... <laughs> Nung last week lang ano? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. No, but I want to be, be sensitive. Sorry, sorry. It, it's not easy to be brokenhearted. It's not easy to be rejected. And we do that so easily. Not just in a, in a romantic love situation, but with family, with friends. It's happened to us. So you know what it's like. Tamaba? You know what God feels when He wants to pursue something and give everything for it. And yet, and yet, that's how they would respond. He wanted his people, his nation, his children so bad that after severed, sending everything that he had, going back to verse 6, he had still one other. And this is where we'll land. We'll finish this. A beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, they will respect my son. You know, if I was the son, what would you feel? Daddy... Hello. They've killed all your servants. They, they, probably your prime servant, your, your servant. They killed him. And you're sending me? Well, of course, that's me. But you know who this son is, right? Who is this son? It's Jesus. But those tenants said to one another, Ooh, this is the heir. You'd think the tenants would think, grabe na yung utang natin sa master na to. I think we've dug a hole really deep for us. How far are we gonna go? But they said, no, this is the heir. This is our chance. We kill him. Atin na itong lupa. The, the inheritance will not go to anyone. And I don't know what they were thinking. Hello, don't you know that the master just did? That's the son. 
Maybe they misunderstood the law which said if there's no more inheritance of the father, that he'll just have to give it away. Maybe probably misunderstood that. But that's what they thought. Let's kill him. But sometimes people don't have that wicked voice when they're thinking something bad. Sometimes you're just, you know, you're just humble self. The devil isn't always a monster. Sometimes he's amazing and he's wonderful and beautiful. Okay? Come, let us kill him. And what did they do? They took him and they killed him and they threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. To the master, his fruit, his people, was worth his son. To God, his people were worth his son. To the one who deserved it all, he gave his all. Wow. He gave his all. Let that sink in. To the one who deserved it all, he gave his all. And Jesus practically accused these religious leaders. They were religious leaders. They were doing everything right. Doing their duties day in, day out at the temple. If that sounds familiar, well, this is, I could be like that as well. Doing everything right. And he stops the parable and looks at them and addresses them. And he says this. Haven't you read the scripture? At this point, the Pharisees were like, but I get something. He's trying to say something here. And he says, haven't you heard the stone that the builders rejected? question authority. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And if you think this was just your doing, no, this was the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. So how do they respond? This is us. He's talking about us. And they were seeking to arrest him, but he feared. they feared for the people. They perceived that he, would, he told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. The Pharisees knew that Jesus was talking about them. Because they know the psalm that Jesus is referring to. Aral yung mga di ba? Let me go, let's go back to that psalm. Psalm 118. I'll show you what this is. The, psalm, the psalmist in Psalm 118 was talking about the salvation of the nation. This was a messianic, prophetic song. Did you feel that a while ago during worship? It seemed like the, the Spirit was moving you. That's like this, this is something that God is making His presence felt. This was that kind of song. I'm doing something here. So Psalm 118 verse 9 says this, Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because this is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. He's talking about deliverance. If you're talking about stable and sure, ito, sure na sure ito, solid to. Thank you, Lord. This is you. And then, plot twist. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And the Pharisees heard it. What? He's quoting. What is he saying? The Pharisees never would have guessed. That's you. You've rejected me. And I wonder, maybe one of you or some of you who are watching right now, you've rem- you're starting to remember the many times we've rejected him, questioned his authority, attacked him, and denied what he was doing in our lives as well. Maybe 
there was a stone. We were denying him his place in our life, his cornerstone place in our hearts. Jesus was saying that the salvation of the messianic song was prophesying about was him. And they couldn't accept that. You know, we can't judge them. Because what does the next verse say? It was the Lord's doing. Because if they hadn't rejected him, let me guess what? Guess what, everybody? Soberly, look up at me. If the Jews had not rejected him, none of us would be here today. Yeah. If the Jews hadn't taken him, arrested him, killed him, beaten him, tortured him. No, nakagad ako sa kill, no? Pero killed him. And we know that crucifixion is our word for excruciating. It was a tortuous death. If they hadn't done that, we would not be part, like I was saying a while ago, I kept saying, this is not us, diba? this is the parable, this is for them, ganyan, ganyan. but now we are part of the story. Because Jesus allowed himself to be rejected. Yung ayaw natin mangyari for ourselves. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be, not by my family, not by my friends. No, no oh, I'm so afraid I might be rejected. But Jesus endured that, took on all their abuse. He was rejected and killed so that we can be part of that salvation the psalmist was singing about. That's why he says, it is marvelous to us. Is it marvelous to you? Is it marvelous that, wow, Every time I can open this book in the morning, this is marvelous to me. But you know what? It's not like my Facebook page or my Instagram. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I'm biased. (laughs) But true. The first thought. Is it as marvelous as that? The first thought that we have every day. Lord, what's going to happen today? This is yours. And maybe before, whatever we're doing, whatever we're watching, whatever we're listening to, whatever we're reading, Lord, I hope this glorifies you. Is it marvelous to us that he, we put him in the cornerstone place in our lives and our hearts? We need to settle that once and for all. Whether to us, he was just a wise, really great man. I love his teachings. And many people say that. He was such a wise man. Ang ganda ng teachings niya. But him being the son of God? Some of us, maybe, maybe some who are watching right now, you click accidentally and somehow you stayed throughout the whole message certainly not because of what anything I said but the Holy Spirit speaking listen to this I'm speaking to you and maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of us yes we've said he's our Lord and Master yes we've said he deserves it all but we've kept something for ourselves maybe it's our time maybe it's our money maybe it's our issues but we need to settle. Was he just a wise, really good man that somehow miracles happened around him, great things? Or was he the son of God? Which he was always saying from beginning to end. Oh no, he's the son of God and everything he said is, should be precious to me, should be my cornerstone. The son of God, oh no, the one who abu- was, allowed himself to be abused that way. To be sacrificed that way and finally killed on the cross? That was God for me? Who am I that you are mindful of me, Lord? And yet I will take whatever I can from you, whatever platform, whatever glory, I would take that from you. I would keep it for myself. Pastor June Diverte in his preaching a while ago you can go ahead and click there go back when you go home he said something wonderful and it stuck on me 
without Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is also not the cornerstone just of our lives, but you know that he's the cornerstone of this whole Bible? Everything in the Old Testament, all those wild and crazy stories that happened from the beginning to the flood to the Red Sea, all those things, all the things that God, all those amazing, what are these going on in these stories? They don't make sense without Jesus Christ. All the laws and instructions, they said, they don't make sense. We can't fulfill those laws, but when Jesus came, he fulfilled those laws. So that we don't need to live the pressure of those times. Like the servants, we've been freed when Jesus came. So that the New Testament, you know, Old Testament came, the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Here I go. And now everything that came afterwards now includes you. Now includes you. Now includes you and me. Because Jesus was the cornerstone. I don't know about you, but I feel like praising God. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow. And if the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was strong enough, solid enough to be the cornerstone, let's say even a foundation for now, let's say, let's say that they're the same, to be for our lives, for our salvation, our eternal life and salvation can depend on that sacrifice. It's strong enough for all of us. Eh, ano pa kaya yung trabaho natin? Our families, our health, our hopes and our dreams, our hearts, our securities, our identities. Ano pa kaya? That's why, I'm not gonna ask you to stand as we end. But as we know these truths and seen that from the parable, I pray you, you've heard this from God. And yung namulat ba? That receiving the sacrifice of Jesus means, as a response, surrendering ourselves as living sacrifices and directly placing our lives onto the stable and sure cornerstone and foundation of Christ forever. So I want us, before we worship God, I'm pretty sure some of you won't be able to stop yourselves, but whatever you're comfortable with, would you join me in dedicating everything to God now? Maybe you've kept something for yourself and you just want to say, no, lahat na Lord. I'm not entitled to anything. I'll entrust, I'm entrusted. You deserve it all. And whatever fruit I can give, I want to give you what you deserve and what you desire. I'm going to give myself. And however, whatever posture you have at home or here right now that, feels, that shows God, nobody's going to look at you. In fact, you can close your eyes right now. And I could be the only one doing this. But let me encourage you, do whatever you want as a prophetic gesture of telling your God, your master, your savior, the lover of your soul, your friend, Abba Father, that you're surrendering completely to him. Like in Romans, I give my whole body as a living sacrifice. That's how I'm going to worship you. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you want to raise your hands, go ahead. If you want to stand up, go ahead. But me, I'm going to join everybody who has felt the glory of God. And I'm, 
I'm going to bow. And I'm going to ask God, Lord, you are king. You deserve it all, but you gave it all. Please forgive me for keeping things from you. When you should have my all, and you deserve it. My time, my tithe, my trust, my security, my identity, my hopes, my dreams, my inspiration, my motivation. I want to give it all to you now. From this moment on, Lord, it is clear to me, my Lord, my Savior, that you are the only one who should be in the cornerstone of my heart and my soul. And whatever decision I make from now on, however I relate to friends and family, whatever I plan for the future, Whatever I have right now, whatever you've given me, wisdom, talent, skill, anything, Lord, everything that I have is yours for your honor and your glory. In fact, some of you need to take that step. Maybe here or somebody watching. Please, for some of you who've already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray with me. Some of you are listening right now and you can't believe what you're hearing and it's a hard decision to make. You can go ahead and pray or... Or you can feel God's presence nudging you right now. I want you. I desire you. Nobody else does. Everybody else has hurt you and betrayed you and abandoned you, but I want you, the Lord is saying. Will you receive me? Will you receive my son, Jesus? as your Lord and Savior. And if you're saying yes, just pray, yes, I do. Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior from now on. I believe you died on the cross but rose again to beat sin and death in my life so that we can be together forever. I am yours right now. And if you've prayed that prayer, why don't you join us as we all stand? Why don't we all stand? Breathe in, breathe out. That breath, incidentally, that breath that you have, that you just breathe, that was from God too. And as we breathe out, why don't we just... The little bit of fruit of singing, praise to God. And just declare, and let the Spirit move you. And if you want to give it all, if you want to clap, go ahead. Why don't some of you, you want to clap? Go ahead. Woo! And as we worship God, let's give Him what He deserves. Let's give Him what He deserves. Lord, we worship You. We honor You. Woo!
Go ahead. Just because I'm up here doesn't mean we stop, friends. It's okay. Go ahead. Lapas natin. Whole. We are whole. You realize that whenever we end and, you know, Pastor Ariel would speak peace upon us, in the Jewish culture, that means you are whole. You're not missing anything, not lacking anything. So when we go out there, maybe not as tenants or Christian, Christianan, let's go out there as whole children of God. Who's the whole Christ- children of God right here? Who's the whole child? Yeah? Be sent out. Woo, let's give the Lord praise. Yeah? Let's give our Father all the praise He deserves. And be blessed. May the Lord bless you so much. May the Lord keep you and never let you go. Hear His promises right now. I'll keep you. Throughout everything, I'll keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. There's nothing between you and me now. I am yours and you are mine. Now go forth, my child, for I am gracious to you and my peace is with you. Go forth. If you want to share that peace with others and give the glory and fruit all back to God, would you raise your hand high? Lord, I give it all back to you. All the honor, every person I meet, every person I share it to, all the glory, I give back to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we all shout, Amen and Amen. Wow, what kind of world will we live in? You are sent out. And as we wait, all you were done with that, I know, but as we go out, could you send some really blessed prayer to, you know, to each other right now as you keep your seats now, okay? Our ceremony.